Hi, my name is Stephen. Hi, I'm April. This is the Three Pi Squared ABA Business Leaders Podcast, where we discuss topics on how to create and grow an ethical and sustainable ABA practice. Together, Stephen and I owned a seven-figure ABA practice that provided both clinic and in-home services. Three Pi Squared has helped over 900 ABA practices start up and expand with our comprehensive products and services geared specifically to ABA. Now, let's get to the podcast. Hello, everyone listening and watching. Today, we're going through device management, setting up your devices, best practices. Uh, We'll briefly get into bring your own devices. I don't recommend it. It's possible, uh, but it can be very difficult. Uh, And we'll get into that. Yeah, Yeah. if you guys have any questions or comments, feedback, anything, as we go, we are monitoring the chat. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So just and with that, let's get into it. So device management. So the first thing we're going to talk about is encryption. There's this term, it's called safe harbor in HIPAA. And when you have devices that are encrypted, uh, they typically do not need to be reported in a breach. So uh, you want to encrypt all of your devices. So this is computers, uh, phones, tablets, and then anything that you have PHI on that are external to your devices. So you have memory sticks, external hard drives. I don't know how many people are still using CDs and DVDs and Blu-rays at this point, but if you are, when you use them, you want to encrypt them. Uh, so with computers, uh, Macs are super easy. It's a uh, file vault um, if you're using a PC, so Windows based. If you have a home and uh, I think it's home and school version of Office, or sorry, Windows. Uh, it doesn't come with encryption, but if you get the professional version, uh, which is not really all that more expensive, maybe, I don't know, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, it does come natively with encryption. Uh, so I do recommend that. If we're talking about phones and tablets, so iPhones and iPads, if you have a PIN number on your device, they are encrypted. Um, now with Android devices, I think more recent updated versions of Android, it's very similar to Apple, but I honestly have never owned an Android device, so I can't comment on it. But when, when you are encrypting your devices, Google is your friend. So like literally just go to Google type your device and encryption, and then, um, it should walk you through it pretty easily. And then if you're using memory sticks and external hard drives, things like that, then you're going to need some kind of third-party software typically uh, to encrypt those. Again, Macs, you can do this natively. I don't know the process on a PC on how you would encrypt the memory sticks, but again, Google, YouTube is going to be your friend to encrypt them. Basically, what it's going to do is when you plug in the device or put the device into your computer, it's going to pop up and force you to put in a password and um, then you can access the memory stick or the external hard drive or the the Blu-ray DVD, whatever it is. So that would mean it's encrypted. So if it's ever stolen, no one has access, no one can gain access to it. Anything else on that one? No. You want to talk about encryption? <laughs> <laughs> 
This is definitely your lane. So while it's not, I don't <laughs> believe if I've like, I haven't looked at HIPAA requirements in a while. I don't believe that it's required to encrypt your devices, but it's definitely required to do. So like if you, if you lose a device, I think we get into this, but if you lose a device that uh, is not encrypted, then you have to report that as a breach. So uh, highly recommend taking that few minutes and encrypting all of your devices. Next one is, yeah, so here we go, lost and stolen, right? So if you lose uh, your device or it's stolen, um, you really need to have the ability to remote wipe it. I highly recommend that you have the ability to remote wipe it. A lost or stolen device that is encrypted, again, normally this isn't gonna be a breach, it's not a reportable event, um, but if the device is unencrypted, then you're going to have to report this breach. It's going to be a smaller breach, right? And you might have 15 clients or who knows, right? On your computer, you're not going to have thousands of clients on your computer typically. Um, so, but depending on the size of the breach will depend on what you have to do. So, Sometimes you're reporting it to the government. Sometimes you're going to report it to your clients that are affected. And depending on, again, the size of the, the breach, you may have to report it to the local media. So uh, none of these things are good, uh, good, right? You certainly don't want to have to tell your clients, hey, we lost our device and um, it was unencrypted and your information may be accessed. So just encrypting your devices, again, it's not very difficult. Um, and just having a process in place so that as you bring on new devices, you just encrypt them. And then having that remote ability to wipe. So even if it is encrypted at the slight chance that they could break in to the encryption, then you can remote wipe it. So it's, it's erased and there's just less likelihood of any kind of PHI being stolen. Bring your own device policy. Um, again, it's doable. I do not at all recommend doing it. And there are a lot of reasons why. So even if you do have the ability to put profiles onto your employees' devices, if they let you do that, you have no control over their device. So they could at any point remove the profile, which then doesn't prevent them from unencrypting their device. It doesn't prevent them from using different Wi-Fi that you may not want them to use. They could shut off the remote wiping ability. And so you have no control over this device. Even if you set it up initially, they can remove all of it. And then the employees have the right to refuse. So like if I was an employee and someone said, okay, I don't want to pay for a device. I want you to use your own device <laughs> and I need the ability to remote wipe it if it gets lost or stolen. I was like, no, no, uh, like I've got 10,000 pictures of my family on that thing. You're not going to erase all of my family photos. They have the right to refuse to, um, to this. So you're going to need your own devices anyway. And then the other things that I, I kind of already talked about, but you can't really ensure that the devices are protected. So you can't verify that it's password protected. You can't verify that it's encrypted and you can't verify that it's even safe to use, right? So 
There may be malware or spyware on there. They may not do necessary updates. So like you wouldn't let uh, an employee come to you with a Windows 95 computer and say, yeah, I'm gonna you know, do my work on that. Like that's not, it's not update. There's too much risk involved there. So you, you wouldn't allow them to do that. So there is no control over uh, software updates, making sure they're using the latest versions of the operating system, right? So you just have no way of determining that. Even if you do go that way, you're going to need a policy on this. Uh, you're going to have to let them know that you need the ability to remote wipe, that you need to verify that they're uh, encrypting their devices. Um, something else in this policy, if you do go this way, you're going to have to limit the devices that you allow, right? So you, like they have to be upgradable to the latest operating system. So. We can't use an iPhone 5, for example. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to use those because they can't be updated, right? They're basically obsolete. Um, so there is a way more risk involved with a device like that versus, a, I don't know, an iPhone 10. So you would have to limit the type of device and the age of the device in there. And so then what do you do if they don't have that newer device, right? Like you need something. Want to start an ABA practice, but not sure where to start? Have an ABA practice, but not 100% confident on the business side? We have you covered. Join our ABA Business Leaders membership. With over 60 hours of content, we walk you through all areas of starting and expanding your ABA practice. From getting your LLC, all the way through ethics and own of owning a practice. Oh, and it also comes with CEUs. 34. Yeah, 34 CEUs. All the CEUs you need to get your two-year recertification. To find out more, go to 3pisquare.com and click on Courses. I do just highly recommend, across the board, just getting your own devices. There's way less risk involved, and devices aren't that expensive anymore, so it's feasible. So Wi-Fi and cell service, again, same reason why you can't control personal devices. So you don't know if they're going to use unsecure Wi-Fi and with your company devices, you can set it up. So only certain Wi-Fi can be logged into, you know, something else I hear quite often is we'll just give everybody VPN, a virtual private network, and that'll keep everybody safe. And it doesn't matter what Wi-Fi they use. That's not necessarily true. VPNs are not the panacea that everyone likes to think that they are. Right. Um, and especially there is this, you know, I've talked to many secure HIPAA, HIPAA experts on this. So when you connect to an unsecure Wi-Fi, there's going to be a brief period in time where the VPN hasn't logged in yet and you're on this unsecure network. So there's this brief period of time where you're just unsecure. Uh, the other issue that you may run into is you go to Starbucks, you log on to their Wi-Fi, but you're logging on to somebody else, right? It's not really Starbucks free Wi-Fi. It's somebody else in there that has created a Wi-Fi network that you're now going through their system so they can see everything that you're doing. And again, VPN is not going to help you initially there. So VPN is not the best practice. Not using unsecure Wi-Fi would be the best practice and using cell service instead would be best practices. Uh, same with client Wi-Fi. We just have no idea if it's secure, if it's safe, who's on it. And so 
We do not recommend using client Wi-Fi either. So you should have tablets or phones that have cell service. And then if somebody's using a computer, they're hotspotting in to their cell service and then using the internet that way. Um, highly recommend doing that. So device management. So uh, when we, we used a whole bunch of different apps for device management for a long time because it was cheaper. It wasn't really cheaper. <laughs> it was a lot of work. And so while the monthly fees were cheaper, uh, there was a lot more time consuming stuff that like admin people had to take care of. And uh, you had to do three or four different apps to set things up. And it was just time management, right? So while we might have saved a few hundred dollars a month on fees, uh, we were eating that up in admin hours, right? So it really wasn't any cheaper. Um, so we, we were looking at Google and Microsoft and we made the switch to Microsoft, highly recommend it. So Microsoft has device management. So you can remote wipe, you can set up profiles, which can limit uh, programs that they're allowed to download. Um, you can limit Wi-Fi networks that they're allowed to use. You can uh, have access levels on their devices, force them to change their password a certain amount of time. It's really, it is a very nice system. Highly recommend it. And, you know, this also gives you access to like Excel and Word and PowerPoint and all that good stuff. And it can be set up in a HIPAA compliant way. Now, just like Google, Microsoft has to be set up. It's not out of the box HIPAA compliant. Uh, so you do have to set it up so that it is used in a, in a secure way. That was super quick. Yeah, that was because I wasn't talking. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, just a few other things that aren't related necessarily to HIPAA stuff, but just as just to talk about mm -hmm. devices, but a few other positive things like, so our BCBAs, they, they each had a, a phone a work phone mm -hmm. and a work laptop and our all of our techs had a tablet and so one of the big reasons like another good like um pro for your clinicians to have phones is then they have a work phone number yeah. you know we've discussed a boundaries before in previous episodes and you know that's one great thing even you as a clinic owner as a director as a BCBA over a case, like, right? Like any of those positions that is going to put you in the position of calling insurance, calling clients, you don't want them to have your personal phone number. It just, yeah. it, it's best to, for them not to have your personal number. So if you have a work phone, that is helpful. Also, if you're off, yes, if you've taken the day off and you're like, you've got someone else covering things, maybe that person has your personal as a director, mm -hmm. right? As a, you know, business owner, that person may, you know, have your personal number or a way to reach you in case of emergency if they need to. Um, but otherwise you can put your phone away and lock it in a drawer and be off for the day or even, you know, promote that for your clinicians, like your BCBAs, like if your expectation is for them to only answer phone calls and texts and, or messages and uh, emails from clients and texts during their working hours, then when they are not on the clock, so to speak, they can turn their phone off. Right. Um, so that, that like helping with the boundaries and for them to each have their, you know, for them to have work phone numbers is 
also another positive. Right. And what you can do with teams too is you can set up numbers for all of like even if they don't have a phone, you can set them up for their iPads, right? Right. And then what you can you can also add guests to your account. So you can have your clients as a guest, so in teams, and then you can have group teams chats that then again are HIPAA compliant. You know, a question we get often is like, well, what apps can I use for chat? Can I use WhatsApp or can I use Facebook chat? Like this way you can set it up in your system where you have that team of right. practitioners, therapists, and the parents all in that same group where they can chat with each other this mm -hmm. way. It can be very helpful too, so. And then I was I was thinking of another thing. Oh, and, and, it, and depending on um, what kind of phone policy you have as far as allowing staff to have their personal phone on them during working hours. Um, I know that comes up yeah. often. So like some companies may say, okay, you're not allowed to have your personal phone or device out during sessions, right? What like if you're in home, maybe you could have it in your bag or something in case like of an emergency if someone needs to reach you since you're like you can't really give out your the client's phone number of the home you're at. Right, right. So I know sometimes that's an issue. Well what if, you know, I have children at school and I'm going to work at this home and my children get sick and the school needs to contact me. How would you know, there are ways to work around that. They can call the office. You can give them the office number and then the mm -hmm. office can call you on your work phone and mm -hmm. let you know and some policies it would be fine like if it's near policy it'd be fine to give your work number out to your kids your you know your mm -hmm. significant other kids school or emergency contact or something like that but not having staff not having their own personal devices on their person during sessions especially right. like during you know in-home sessions yeah. can be helpful to yes. just to help people stay on target yeah and I mean, like, <clears throat> even on personal devices you know maybe they have to take pictures of, or video of something right because there's a problem or there's an issue with you know yeah. the treatment plan or the you session note that on their yeah you don't want that is. on an uncontrollable yeah. uh, personal device so again having that uh tablet or or phone that it's company owned they can take a picture and, right. and, and share it whether it be like in home or like if they're, I don't know, accompanying a family to like a community outing or going to the park. And, you know, I mean, of course, the, the family's going to have their, hopefully would have their phone with them, right? Because mm -hmm. typically, like at least in our company, you had to have that caregiver present even yes. when you're going out into the community. Um, but then that gave that way that your staff would have access to a work device to be able to contact someone they needed to in an emergency if they're away from the client's home too so yeah just just a lot of things to think about what steven brought up all huge things all like that should be enough right but then there's also other pros mm -hmm. in my opinion to having your staff like giving your staff work devices and then um you know too like if it gets damaged did you know 3Pi Squared offers one-on-one -on -one consulting? From in-network audit prep and credentialing to rate negotiation, we help ABA business owners in all areas of the practice. We work with you to create a priority list and then knock it out. Find out more at 3PiSquared.com. Click on consulting.
you know, if you do have a bring your own device policy in that policy, you need to put in there what happens if their phone gets damaged at work, you know, whether it be accident or, you know, a kid digs and throws it or somebody steps on it or it falls in a toilet. I don't know. Right. Like all things that have happened. So what, what do you do? Like, what's your policy? Are you going to replace their device? You know? And so it'd be a lot easier if it's a work device and yeah, if you have to replace it, at least it's, you have control over that to replace a device that was, is within your budget of what you're wanting to put versus like the newest smartphone. That's a couple thousand dollars. You wouldn't want to be in the, in the boat of having to replace something like that. And then it can be, it can be a perk too it's something you know because as we're talking about like hiring right and sometimes it can be hard to get that right bcba or tech or you know someone on board to join your team and to um you know job satisfaction and keeping that person on for a while Mm -hmm. something like having access to a company device could you know increase that satisfaction because then can be kind of a perk right because they don't have to use their own phone because then i know now it's not such a big deal because things don't run by minutes like they but but still like right yeah remember the days of like and still, there people have data plans, yeah, I mean, right? There's still and data so... plans. Many on, yeah, limited data plans. I mean, they're coming back, but there are many people that still. And so, are you reimbursing them for using their data, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, these are all things that you'll need to figure out. And um, then also, if someone doesn't own a phone, I mean, that's the and, thing, and, right? And are you? Is that a job requirement? Like, do they have? Be to own a phone to is that part of the job requirement you, you, you would have to give them a phone right to, yeah you have to provide them a device again if they refuse to use their own that's not a firing offense you mm-hmm. can't you you can't really fire someone because they don't want to use their phone for work uh so in that situation again you're going to have to provide them with a device so they can do their job and like as far as expenses right like okay what I do recommend Apple. Like I, I recommend Apple devices, just easier. It, it's just less headache. Um, and I was surprised at how well they worked with Microsoft 365. Like it was wonderful. And so you can get refurbed. Uh, go to Apple's website. They have a refurb tab down at the bottom where you can buy uh, refurbed devices at much cheaper. Uh, eBay, um, Amazon. Also, you can get refurbed there. Uh, if you uh, reach out to with with those uh, different places like eBay, some sellers will even give you like a discount if you buy so many devices. You know, so you're like, hey, I'm going to buy five of these iPads. Uh, can you give me a, an even bigger discount? And a lot of them will do it. And then we would just throw them in otter boxes. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Like, we, our things- company policy was like you <clears> had <throat> to keep the case on it, and we did. Um, at the time, we did OtterBox Defenders. At the mm-hmm. time, that was like they were they were a little pricey, but mm-hmm. I, they were the best. Um, I don't know if there's something out there They're now made, that's yeah. better, but yeah. they were like the best at protecting the device. Mm-hmm. And so that was part of our policy too. If 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 it broke on your during your time and it, and you had taken the case off, then like it was on you, right? Like it was like, but the, so the policy was keep your case on at all mm-hmm. times. But I mean, out of the 10 years that we were supplying devices, I think we lost one iPad, right? Where it was damaged. Um, so. We lost one iPad and we lost one 
MacBook. Like, we didn't lose it. We, no, like, like it got damaged. Just got damaged. Yeah. And we one one MacBook got damaged. Um, but it was like towards the end of its life anyway. Right. So like and so and we had a lot of devices yes. out there. And that was probably we had a lot of positive feedback from our staff on on, on those devices, um, being able to have devices. And then as iPads were able, like the newer technology as it came out with like being able to have self service on the iPads, then we did that, and that like increased that satisfaction of use um, of the device even more. Before before they had self service ability, like it was a little bit more tricky. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, self-service came out on iPads pretty quick. So, but yeah, yeah. But definitely, again, having a cell plan for everyone, I highly recommend it. So you're not using unsecure, unknown Wi-Fi. If you have any questions or comments on uh, this, please, yeah, comment. And uh, if you find this uh, helpful um, and you're listening to the podcast, please put a review out rate it super helpful it really does help um and, and subscribe so yeah, that you get like, notifications mm-hmm. of like the newest um podcast oh we got a oh, we've got a great great question great so i'm looking at getting okay so i'm looking at getting one ipad per each learning station but i have also been debating about smaller apple devices so one can be used by either child or clinician and one is for clinician only to use just for data collection and or pictures. I have a few questions about the cloud setting for this. How do you manage that? Also, do you think a second device is needed? We did, absolutely. So that was a big thing that came up. We kind of did it as a case by case basis for techs. Now, these VAs had a phone and an iPad and a MacBook, right? Because of their job description yeah but at the end like our bcbas really just use the computer and the phone right, right? well like because we, really... we changed our yes. software yeah. where they could use the software on their macbook and they didn't have to on their phone Correct. and so like why the, the, yeah, they the didn't ipad. Need but, the ipad but a lot of them still use like would still use their ipad for when they were in, or with clients right. and they they were more like a client device so if any of our clients use the ipad for like communication if we had like 75% or a large percentage of their programming was on the iPad. If it was like a major reinforcer was the iPad on those cases, we did give the tech two iPads, one for data collection and all that stuff. And then the other one for the client's use, but the tech took it to the sessions. Then at, especially, and then we had a couple who were like using it like trying it out to see if it would be like for communication if it would be appropriate but then once it we deemed it appropriate and we had a conversation with the parents like we talked to the parents and helped them to know what kind of device to get if they couldn't you know if they weren't couldn't afford a certain type of device we would help them find a device within their range of what they could use that had the programming we needed in most cases the family, the client were able to supply a device to be used during sessions. And, and you really want it that way because is, like what happens if like they stop services with you? Uh, what if they change insurances and you don't accept that 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 it, funder? Right. I mean, it, it makes it easier for like continuity of mm-hmm. services for the child. And then if there if there is a financial hardship there, even going to the school 
Mm -hmm. um, or going to like county services and helping to find the resources for them yeah. so that they can get. Um, but we had like a couple of floater iPads that just had like no client information mm -hmm. on them. They yeah, just, just had a bunch spares, of fun just apps in case and somebody's stuff. battery died or yeah, you know, um, some issue. So, yeah. so for that, um, having <clears throat> two devices, definitely, especially if you're in a clinic setting, mm -hmm. um, because if like, I don't know, unless it's very specific to the child and part of their communication, mm -hmm. which that's a whole nother conversation. Sometimes you have that communication device as a communication device, and then you have a separate device iPad for like games and stuff. Right. Like it just depends on how it's being used. But I'm sure they're like, if it's a family iPad, they're probably not gonna send it to the clinic every day with the kid unless it's solely for communication. Sure. So having two at a, at a station could very well be like super helpful. And as far as the cloud setting, if you're talking about like iCloud, Stephen, um... yeah, you got to shut off iCloud. So I, iCloud settings don't. I wouldn't even sign into iCloud at this point. It is not HIPAA compliant in any way. Uh, so I wouldn't even give them an Apple ID and use something like Jamf. I think is what it's called. I, I can't spell that. Um, or Microsoft 365 and set those devices up with profiles so they can be remote wiped. Uh, but logging into an iCloud account is just setting yourself up for a disaster. So like, it's just so easy to turn on iCloud for photos and messages and things like that. And none of, like I said, none of that is HIPAA compliant. They, Apple will not sign a business associate agreement, at least to my knowledge at this point, they will not. So you don't want to have iCloud services on at all. So no backups. Uh, through iCloud, no messages through iCloud, uh, and, and all of that stuff. Yeah, you can you can run it without, and then you can set it up so that you have a company iCloud account, and then you shut everything off, and you can set it up so that you can use Screen Time, uh, uh, if you're familiar with that, where you can set up a an, a different password uh, that limits what can be turned on in the settings and what it's can't. Like the parental controls. Correct. Mm -hmm. So there are lots of different options there, but what you want to use for the majority of setting up and managing is the Microsoft or the Jamf system where it down they have to download a profile. Um, it's just this little, I don't know, it's like a program essentially, and it just locks down the device. So they can't put in Wi-Fi uh, passwords, they can download certain apps if you deem them unacceptable, like social media apps, things like that. You can even set it up so that certain apps are automatically downloaded on their device. It's super amazing. Like, it's wonderful stuff. Um, and you can set it all up where as soon as they log in, then it just automatically does its thing and it forces them to change their pin number. It, it can force them to have a complex pin number, which I highly recommend, not just one, two, three, four. We want it to be letters and numbers, right? Because again, you're gonna have a lot of information on these things, uh, remote wipe, all of these things can be automatically set up. It'll also require them to update their software, right? And you can see if they're on the latest version of the software, all of this stuff can be done uh, through through the system, and I highly recommend having some kind of device management system in there. But yeah, so you can use a device without an Apple ID, um, just set up those profiles. And then if you do want to use an Apple ID because you need apps, then you can log into the App Store with your Apple ID, download the apps that you need, um, and again, using the device management so they can't log into their own App Store, stuff like this. 
Do you need to pass an in-network audit? Do you know if you have all the policies you need for HIPAA? Would you like a comprehensive client or employee handbook for both in-home and clinic ABA services? Check out 3Pi Squared's quality management system. Our handbooks pass funder in-network audits and are geared specifically to ABA. Best of all, we provide free updates. The templates come in Word and Excel so you can customize the handbooks to meet your company's unique needs. Check them out at 3PiSquared.com. Click on Quality Management System. So to turn it on, you create one company, one, and log in to all of them. Again, having an IT person, I highly recommend having somebody manage this for you. But how we did it is we had one company, Apple ID, and that was how we paid for apps, right? So, you know, they might have some special apps that we use. I can't think of any off the top that are paid for, right? And so you don't want to have to buy this five, six, seven, eight, nine times. So if you have one account, then you can download it on all of your devices um, and you don't have to pay for it multiple times. So you're going to log into your app store account on your devices, and then you can download the apps that are in your account. And then using the profiles that you set up through the device management software, you can limit the apps that they're allowed to download. And again, you may have admin people that absolutely need Facebook on their devices, right? Or Twitter or like they're doing the social media, right? And so they have those things. And so that those apps are available to your team, but then you don't allow it on your tech uh, devices or your BCBA's devices, right? So you still want those apps. You may need them. Somebody else may need them, but you don't want everyone to have them. So that's where device management comes in and they you can lock them down and say, no, these devices only get these apps. These devices can have other apps. And then there may be management has an entire different suite of apps, right? Like maybe they have um, a financial apps that, that are allowed to be downloaded. So you can do all of that through the device management side of things. So is it through family sharing? No, so it's not through family sharing. No, no. So And then and then they also ask, can you add the links to these tools you're sharing in the comments once you post this? Uh, yeah, so I can I can share like Microsoft Office, um, but that's really what we used. Everything was what done was through the, Office. The, Office.com. No, but what was the thing that the BAMF or whatever? The Jamf, Jamf? Yeah, that's the device <laughs> management. Yeah, I can share that link too. Uh, but you'll still need some kind of, I don't believe that you can do the apps through Jamf, but you might be able to. Um, but like with Microsoft, uh, you could do all of this through it, right? Um, and you could lock down their access to OneDrive. You could lock down their access to all of those devices so or all of those apps. Where if you're just using device management, you, I don't believe you'll have that ability. Well, too, and it's something that you didn't bring up earlier during the like presentation mm -hmm. portion of this, but and we'll probably be hitting on it when we talk about like um, you know termination of an employee, but also that ability not only if it's lost or stolen, but that ability to shut down all of these things oh, yeah. as soon as yeah. like if you have a disgruntled employee that quits and they're angry, yep. you can shut this down because you don't know how long it's going to take you 
for them to get their devices to you. And then right. also, even if it's under the best of terms, once they are no longer your employee, right. they no longer need any of this information. Yes. And so that you can, yep. you can, uh, you know, turn these things, their access off, even if they have the device in hand still. Yep. Um, but we have another question here. Do you have any recommendation for storage capacity on the iPads based on your experience? Uh, I mean, we used to get like, this is back in the day, right? We, we would get 16 gig, but you can't do that anymore. Yeah. They're too small. The, the operating well, system is too large now so you probably want it like at minimum 64. i don't even know if you can still get a 64 gig ipad anymore it might be 128 uh but somewhere around there you don't need 500 gig especially again if you're using OneDrive, like everybody gets uh everybody gets a terabyte of space which is a huge amount of space right um so that should be sufficient everything should be uploaded to OneDrive anyway um, so the only thing would be how many games essentially do you have on your on your device that are for your kids that you're working with, right? Right. That I think some of the communication software might take up might a little bit large, more space right. depending on like the the picture library needed, right. and then some some of the there's like some really cool like sixty four yeah sixty four yeah. And I would think that that would be fine. Sixty four is probably going to be enough because even some of the apps that have like video within them because are like you know like some of the like I don't know I can't remember the name of it but it's like a social skills skill builder where it goes through like um little scenarios and it shows videos and then the kids like respond you know mm -hmm. but even some of that the way that the everything works now like those don't even really take up as much room right. as they used to. Right? I mean, the so. games are quite large. Like some of those games you can like, again, it depends on what you're using the device for, but some of those games can take five, 10, 15 gig of space. Well, I guess um, then that's where too, like you have, you have control over what games right. get put on it. So right. if it's not absolutely necessary and it takes then, up a lot of space then they just don't, they correct. can come up with a different But game. if all they're basically using is like, you know, they're, they're using word and Excel and, they have OneDrive. It really doesn't take all that much space, um, and it's just going to be like you said. Or is there some kind of learning, uh, like um, communication program that you have on there, or, or are they taking a lot of pictures? And again, there well, shouldn't I mean, be that many pictures on their device. They should be uploading those to the cloud. Right. I mean, right. and there are some like software on there that like you can like do like tacting programs and make sure. and like all you know whatever. Like you can. But still, you could have the majority, like the picture library and the uh, OneDrive, mm -hmm. and then bring them in right. as needed. But yeah, 64 yep. should be yeah, fine. Yeah, it should be fine. Yeah, I would think that would be more than enough. Um, but then, like I said, get refurbed ones so you're not spending crazy amounts of money on them. And then, you know, the next ones, maybe you do get 128 gig, right? Um, and Or maybe you test out, okay, well, for... Uh, the, these employees, we can get away with 64 gig. And then for other employees, we need a little bit more space. How frequently <clears> did you replace, upgrade the iPads, devices, and did you do a financial plan for replacing them in batches? So it's not always a huge expense. Yeah, so you're just going to, like, you want to make sure, like, I highly recommend that you can update to the latest version of the software. That's it, right? So as long as your devices can get the latest update, right? So every year they update their thing to the next number. Um, so as long as they're updatable, then they should be fine. So typically you should, they should last about five years. I well, and you'll know, cause like this last time mm -hmm. a few years ago where like there was a big chunk of 
devices that were no longer going to be like Correct. workable on yep. the next upgrade. Yep. Like Steven knew like almost like over a year ahead of mm -hmm. time, right? So like he was able to kind of like plan for that and you know knowing that we were going to be needing to make that purchase over that year yeah, so that they typically will announce what what uh, uh what devices they're obsoleting for the next software update uh, but i think they normally last five to six years uh, which is a very long time uh as you know and again if you're getting a refurbed ipad mini it may cost two hundred dollars so $200 for uh, a device that lasts five to six years. I mean, that's that's not really. Yeah, we did. A... We Our last bash that we bought, we we did the minis. For yeah. the and everyone and seemed they, to like They, like, they yeah. really liked it. They yeah. didn't miss versus the screen the, size. And if they the were larger iPad. Easier to carry around. Yep. And yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, I really appreciate your questions. And um, I guess we are, if there are if there are any more questions um we could take a couple more but if not then i guess that's all we have for today you're quite welcome and thank you guys for joining us at this like um we get asked this question a lot and yep. we see it like around social media people talking about this and just there again just things that we don't think about um until we start getting really curious and looking into it and then it's another great way for um you to learn through some of our mistakes um not that we really made a lot of mistakes in this it was more like fumbling around trying to find the best way to make this yeah. work yeah. but from the beginning steven was he had like this I don't know, gut instinct or this like i don't know, maybe it was the control part of you but you were like no everyone needs work devices like yeah. they, they can't use their own devices like we can't do this it's too risky or maybe it was because after you took that hipaa course and it scared yeah. you to death I and i know. mean i i think like like i said there is uh and we'll we'll share the link of of jamf i think that's how you say it but um like without a doubt um because we looked we had our it person um, and we were pretty, I was pretty convinced that we were going to go with Google, uh, for this. And then we talked to our IT person and he said, Stephen, all the things that you want, you definitely want Microsoft uh, 365 and like being a Apple fanboy, uh, my experience, my last experience with Microsoft was Vista. It was not a good experience. And so the idea of going with Microsoft, I, I, I wasn't really happy about it, but we we went with it and it was wonderful like the their devices work the the software works so well with the apple devices i assume it will work very well with android devices as well and it's just it's seamless right so you're not using multiple apps to figure out how to shut everybody down uh so i would highly recommend going with microsoft and everybody loves excel right versus google sheets in my opinion um and so that that would be my recommendation versus trying to do this in multiple um, apps, right? You just don't have the same ability to shut these things down. And you really want it. When you need to shut these things down, you want to be able to shut them down really quick. Um, that was probably, you have to look at like your priority. Like, I see you're saying like, you're not being at Microsoft, but you love Apple. Yeah, I, I totally. And that's how so, you are. And, and we tried to make Google work. Like seriously, yep, like yep. we got, and we got like, we hired this like ex yep. Google expert person yep. and we're like, 
help us make what we want and and yep. he was trying but yep. it was you had it was it was a mess yeah and he and said like you want microsoft he even said yes. the google guy was like you yep. want microsoft we're like fine so we try and there you get we're like we get no money from none of these people yeah no uh, we're just sharing with you what worked for us and so um and it did and, and that that is the control that oh we so much. yeah um yeah it was probably yeah, it, it really outweighed. There's a couple of things that I really wanted still from Google, but Microsoft had it. Just I just wasn't. I just had to learn it, right? right? So yeah, good luck on your um, research, yes. and I hope that you find what works best for you and your company. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. 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 There are many ways to do this, but yep. you you just have to again having that remote wipe ability uh and and encrypt devices please 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 encrypt your devices super important to do that um and and yeah you should be good well thank you again everyone for watching and for participating yeah absolutely uh, you had some great questions there um but yeah i guess we that's good for today and uh we'll see everybody next week next week bye thank you for listening to our podcast hopefully it was helpful if you would like to gain access to this entire video and actually our entire library of videos, please join our ABA Business Leaders membership. You can find that at www.3piesquare.com.